podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Aston Villa fans and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast. Uh, Paddy's back and I can't wait to get his view on the Spurs game. But first, we just had a chuckle off air there because it's the first time I've actually put on that Savo jersey that I got. Um, got it from a lovely lady in uh, in Ukraine um, who was flogging this on eBay. And I put it on and I said to Paddy, I went, do you know what? The 90s were great because a large was actually a large. <laughs> and I fucking piles a room in this, day, in this, which is absolutely fantastic. Makes me feel brilliant about myself. And uh, that's all that really matters because we're in the business of trying our best to make people happy. Um, but, Paddy, uh, three points, as you may have seen from the from the thumbnail, I, I, I put a three, point, three points in front of uh, Unai Emery there because we came away from... Uh, the Spurs Stadium with three points at the weekend and Aston Villa make their way into fourth place in the Premier League for uh, the first time in God knows how long. Actually, I think I do know how long. First time since 2009, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it? It's absolutely brilliant, Paddy. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. And, and look, uh, it's, yeah, I'll let, I'll let you talk to us about, talk about, the, about the game or how you're feeling about it because uh, we, we can unpack a bit more afterwards. Well, look at you know I've I've heard a few people talking about it now, and it's uh, I think the general consensus is we won a game that we should have lost, and that's I think the fairest reflection of it. Um, they were the better side in the first half, and it was fairly even in the second half. That's that's the way I look at it. Um, they had a load of goals. They Son had a hat trick of offside goals. Absolutely mm. nuts. That normally happens to us, or, or shit like that normally happens to us. Um. The statistics across the road, across the board, were fairly even. Um, possession obviously was a little bit more for Spurs. That was mainly the first half. Um, all I can say about the first half is I wish I watched the first half through a neutral's eyes because it was just fascinating to see mm. the absolute like it was just end to end stuff. More end more. On their side, I suppose, but you know, when we got the ball, we did attack, but we we it, it broke down quite quickly. I thought in the first half, but I just thought from from a, a neutral point of view to watch that game, it must have been an incredible first half. The second half, not as much as they as they ran out of steam. I felt that the, the you know it was it was only going to last so long, and we and thankfully we were able to stay in the game and get that goal before half time. But it was just. Um, yeah, Rachel there is talking about the, the sports Chelsea game. Like you got ninety minutes of it. Then uh, for us, we got forty five minutes at the weekend. Although it, it like I, I watched the first half through my fingers in a pub in Cork, but it's uh, it, it was just one of those where anything could have happened. Literally anything could have happened. Mm. Anything happened. It was just it was just the most bizarre forty five minutes. I thought and and to go in having had a, even had a goal chalked off and scored a goal. I thought it was absolutely bonkers. So, like, the, the game could have finished 
six three to Spurs very easily could have finished six three to Spurs, and yes, this is the most unvilla way for the last thirteen years. In that we've come out with the three points, and we make absolutely no apologies for that. It's that's the way football goes, and the cookie crumbles. Sport, and it, usually, yeah. it usually crumbles the other way for us. Um, but here we are having won a game that we probably should have lost. Um, we've lost games that we probably should have won so many times. So look, let's 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 enjoy it for what it is. Um, I'm. I'm <laughs> It's, it's, it's really strange because I'm going to the game obviously on Thursday night and I'm absolutely buzzing for it and I'm buzzing for it even more after the weekend. It just feels like there's something special brewing and I, I just hope he doesn't make too many changes on Thursday because I just I want to see another performance that we can uh, go and enjoy in Europe because I haven't seen us playing in Europe in a very long time so I'm looking forward to it. Excellent, yeah, yeah, I think so. And just, uh, I will go off camera here for a moment, but you'll still be able to hear me. And the reason being is my camera's going to fall here, so I need to adjust it. But I will continue to talk. And Paddy, I think I, I echo an awful lot of what you said there because uh, realistically, this team is really well coached. Um, and look, we've had good teams before. We've had coaches who've come and tried to do what they wanted to do before. But genuinely, I don't think that any coaches come in and done it to the level of uh, of what Unai Emery has done. Um, and, and like that goes without saying, you know, that sounds, you know, it's, it's a, hey, listen, um, this might be one of the most, um, what you call it, one of the most uh, obvious things that, that you'll hear today. But this team is well coached and it's coached in the way that Unai wants to coach it and, and Unai wants these, pe these players to play. Um, and the difference, uh, I, I think, is that we need, as, as a club, Aston Villa needed that. Aston Villa needs to have the perfect storm of the manager and some of the players that can come in and do what he wants to do. Because um, we've had decent players before. We've had good players who've come in and played, played well on other teams. I think my camera should be all right now again. Um, we've had play, uh, guys that have come in and played well on other teams. Um, there we go. Uh, like, like I always go back to Charles and Zogbia. Charles and Zogbia was really good for Wigan. He comes to Villa and he wasn't very good in, in a lot of a lot of parts. We've had tons of those players. That, uh, Even that, uh, Danny Drinkwater. <laughs> well, Danny Drinkwater, I think was yeah, I think there was other other things to play with Danny Drinkwater. But anyway. there's a lot of players that have come to Aston Villa and just just decided to down tools and just never never got going. Julian yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get him in the comments there for anybody. Sassa Churchill <laughs> was the one who started it off for me, and he probably wore this jersey I'm wearing at the moment. But we've had those players, and we've had decent managers. What we have now is we've got a really good manager who's kept the players, uh, kept the core base of players that he had, added a couple of players in. He's elevating the player based on his ability as a manager, and that's beautiful to see. And that's the, they're the margins that clubs like Villa need at the moment when you're playing in a pond with a team that can go in and spend a billion euros uh, and and not have any sniff of financial fair play and propriety um, because of the way they've done it as, as Chelsea have done. So Villa need to have the perfect storm. They need to have the and, and I'm not saying that this is the perfect storm but it's fucking as close as we've ever been. You know, it's as close as we've been in the Premier League era since the day since Ever, since the money has come into the Premier League. I'm not talking about the Brian Littles, the John Gregory's, the Ron Atkinson era of the Premier League. I'm probably talking about the the, the latter half of the 2000s and, and on into the, to the 2010s. This is as close as we've ever had it. And that game at the weekend, 
showcase that because we had a team that believed that they could work their plan, which was catching teams offside, and we did. San had three go- three goals ruled off for offside. But we also had the belief that when we weren't playing well, that we didn't need to pull 11 men behind the ball. We could go out in the second half and play our way because Unai Emery made changes at halftime. Brought on two guys at halftime that completely changed the complexion of how we attacked. We had an attack on the right-hand side. We weren't in ultra-defensive mode. We gave them something to think about there. And then what we did is we took off uh, Diaby. I think at the time I was... He wasn't going well, but at the time I was scratching my head because of the pace he had against those two center ha- those two center halves who weren't center halves. But he brought, brings on somebody who sits back and uh, sits further back and treads passes like Tienemans. And it comes to fruition because it was Tienemans that plays the ball into, into Watkins for the goal. So, like, it's just brilliant to see a win like that, as you said. A win whereby Villa normally would go to that game, defend like mad for 90 minutes and let it all run down their leg at some stage. It didn't happen. And for mm. once, we came out of there going, Professional performance, job done, and let's uh, let on, on to the next one. That's a signature win, and we've got some tough games coming up against City and Arsenal, and against Brentford, and against Bournemouth, and against Man United, and against Sheffield United. And every game we play from here on in, we would be marked men. But I think there's still a few more surprises where we could kind of, we could be coming out of, you know, we could be coming out of the the Emirates, kind of rubbing our hands, going, "That's a good point to get away from home." This is a good point to get away from home. This is a good win to get away from home. Let's hope that continues because it's going to be our way. Our home form is going to going to keep us where we are in the league and our away form is going to catapult us higher. So well done to everybody and well done to Naomi. I spoke way too long there because I rambled at the start trying to fix my camera, but I did get back on track and back on point afterwards. <laughs> Look, we, we could we could ramble all day about this game. It just it just had everything, as I said, um, and we will we will come up against periods in the next two home games against City and against Arsenal, which were similar to that first half. And I wonder now, do we know what way we have to line up to play against the, that kind mm. of uh, that kind of attack? So I wonder <laughs> does that does that affect what he does in the, in the next week? How we played in that second half, and and how how much of a difference the two players that come on made. Let's face it. We we've got like we we know we've got a really good player in Telemans. It, it everybody thinks it take it took him a while to settle. Maybe it did. I always had faith in him. Um, I think he's an incredible player. I always enjoyed watching him when when he was with with Leicester. And we have the rebirth of Leon Bailey that was playing in the Bundesliga. Albeit it was for forty five minutes. If we if we can bring him on and do that for forty five minutes. The, the bit of skill he showed and the close control that he nah. showed, it was just, you know, if, if Messi had done it, they'd been showing it for for forever. But it's obviously not uh, newsworthy for, for Leon Bailey to do it. And it was just a joy to see this guy who we've seen fall over the ball at times, has all of a sudden got his mojo back and he's just playing without fear and enjoying himself. And that's what we need to do in that part of the pitch. And it's just amazing. Even and though I, he, did, think, he did do it in his own half, which worried me a little bit. <laughs> I, I think, I think, your what you say there once again goes back to what I said. You can imagine there's been a big Basque arm around his shoulder for the last six months, telling him he can do it. And sometimes it takes somebody like if somebody knows they can do it. Yet it's like a golfer gets the yips. It's like a darts player gets dartitis. It's like 
it's like a Sunday league soccer gets a feed a few points the night before, you know. It's uh, these things happen to players, and they know they can do it. But when they go out, it they just it just isn't happening for them, and they get inside their own heads. And uh, like as you said, I can't name a player on this team that isn't looking happy because a winning team is like the tide that rises all boats. You know, it really does, and that's why he's happy because he's found a niche for himself. He's found a niche for himself within this team. And that's a beautiful thing because he likes himself. I know at the start of the year, Tielemans was taking out of context about wanting to play more football. Look what it's done for him now. He's playing some really good football when he's brought into the team or when he's brought on. And he knows he's a functional part of this team. And Diego Carlos knows he's a functional part of this time, this team. But, um, you know, it's it's... It's it's definitely something that uh, that needs to be remarked on, and it goes back once again to to Unai Emery, the arm around the shoulder, the man management. So Martin O'Neill was considered a man manager. Times he could give you a shoe in the hole, at the other at other times he could put his arm around you. If you liked you, he was putting his arm around you probably a bit too much. But I think you know, I think I think the beauty about Unai Emery is that the respect he just has because of what he's done. And I think he's a very empathetic person, and I think he does think before he talks, and that's huge. And uh, there isn't enough of that going on in any side of the football world at the moment, specifically in whether it be talk radio, whether it be even just a, a normal Twitter thread. There's not enough talk thinking before before people are talking. And I think that that respect, specifically from the younger players, and 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 uh, remember, there's 30, probably 30 years in the difference between uh, Unai Emery and these players. They still respect him for what he's done, and he's still able to relate to them because of how fresh he's kept him with himself within the game. So fair play to him and that. And I think the same goes for the man in the other dugout as well at the weekend. Ange, that's one of Ange Pastacoglu's probably biggest traits is he can sit down and he can probably have a conversation about stuff with players, albeit English being his first language, but he's relatable and he's believable to the players. And that's why they played out of their skin for him at the weekend and wilted because they had no options coming off the bench. Mm. And I was happy for him because the you know to to see he he believes in his system and he kept his system and he kept it till the bitter end like he did in that Chelsea game as well. It he it it's his it's his game and that and that's the way he plays. <laughs> Good man, Joe. Good man, Joe. <laughs> I will ask. <laughs> um, and and look, it, they, they were excellent in the first half despite all the injuries and suspensions that they had. They were excellent, and you know. In, in time to come and maybe with a bit of money spent they're going to be even better so that that we, we can't be you can't be ruling them out albeit they've got man city at the weekend they've got like it's it's unfortunate the way those the injuries have come but uh look it's a really good win for us it didn't matter how it really came but we got there um and these are the ones that we will remember like that for me this is probably sweeter than than the six against brighton because we were down and out. We were, we were, we, we looked, we looked to beat and dock it on 43 minutes. And it, 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 it worried me how we were going to get back into the game. And then Pau Torres, after missing arguably an easier header, <laughs> pops up with that yeah. goal. What a, what a pass in from Douglas Louise. What a ball. Absolutely on the money. And I suppose we have to give a bit of credit to uh, Austin McPhee if that's what he's teaching them how to do. And just every, everything we do with set pieces seems to have a meaning to it. So, look, we've we've gave out about him in the past, or maybe we listened to past managers giving out about him. I don't know, but you know he's earning he's earning his uh, his pay packet now, and uh, 
you know, there's there's a lot of people in and around that squad that are in and their pay packet to have us where we are today. And look, it doesn't get any easier. You know, we've we've Europe Thursday night, followed by uh, Bournemouth, Man City, Arsenal, and then into the the Christmas period, which is all, always mm-hmm. hectic. Um, I suppose the the, the Frank, soul, Sheffield United, Man United, I think, and then it's uh, then it's Burnley, turn of the year. Yeah. So yeah, Burnley. Yeah. yeah. So I, th- I think it's nine games in December. Is that correct? Is that what I read? Or nine? I saw games? somebody. I, I saw somebody put it in, in the more, comments. Yeah. 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 Um, so we have uh, what was like ideally what I think we need to do is go and beat Legia Warsaw on Thursday night and ensure that January February is not playing any Thursday night football yep. and just just to get a little bit of calm around the place get 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 the league to be the focus obviously we've got the FA Cup in there but if the league is the focus and and we've got Europe to look forward to in March I th- I think we'll be in a much happier place plus that big transfer window is going to be. Really strange. I don't envisage we're going to push the boat out and spend a lot of money. I think we might see more players go out that come in, then come in. But we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But we are in an extraordinary place as Villa fans. I, I really thought we were going to... Do you remember that time we were stuck in 12th and we couldn't get out of it? I really thought... 11th, yeah, yeah. 5th fifth, fifth was going to be the new 11th. But... Uh, it was it was brilliant to get the three points at the weekend and to be two points off the top. It does make you kick yourself a little bit about that that uh, the Nottingham Forest result because how sweet would it, how sweet would it be to have those three extra points to play with? But anyway, I'm being greedy now, and I don't mean to be greedy. I'm I'm really grateful for where we are, and and like I said it last week, how refreshing it is to wake up on a Monday morning. I'll I'll be a little bit hungover this Monday. It's refreshing to wake up. And, and not be hung over from a terrible game the day before, I mean, mm. or a terrible result even. The game wasn't perfect, but the result was perfect. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, agree. Uh, I absolutely agree. And that's a fair synopsis. And like, I, I think I was very much so after the game, I was guarded with regards to that, as in like the the, the first half, had like we still, we still can't really get, well, there's one person we're going to talk about probably in two different uh, areas in the moment, but... Like uh, the Maddie Cash at right midfield didn't work. It just didn't. It just didn't for a lot of reasons. I watched it back again, and 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 um, my initial thoughts were right when I was watching the game. He tried to follow a doggy into the middle of midfield, and he got caught between two stools, and Kanza was left wide open. And Brian Hill, God God bless him, is a fine player, but he's not the best player that Ezra Kanza has faced this season nor will he face later on in the season and Brian Hill just had so much space and time in him at t- uh, you know not through Kanza's fault he could kind of do what he wanted at times and it was that that's that setup against Spurs didn't work because of how they played their fullbacks and it was probably how probably why he why he played this setup was to see if it would work bringing Matty Cash into into the central midfield because we know Matty Cash's midfield experience as well to follow a doggy yeah. But it just didn't, and it made Kanza look worse than he is. Uh, my the the piece that I would like to go roll back on from what I said afterwards was I said that that was Kanza's worst game, probably under Unai Emery. And looking back on it, I don't think he was particularly poor. I just think he was playing the fullback role as a centre half. And when you give him that kind of, when you give him that leeway that he kind of stepped stepped off his man a small bit more, you can kind of understand why he did it. So my 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 underarch, overarching feeling on it is I'd much prefer to see him back into the center uh, uh, into in as a center half. 
I've no problem with him playing out of the right back. But if a team does that again, the adjustment came at halftime and it came when we were lucky to be one all. I wouldn't like to play against a team like that that gets a two goal lead in us because you know we were we were we were dicey enough with the one goal lead and and yeah. but like a two goal lead that's like like it's 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 a formation that's that the when it, when when it's nil all it's fine but I think to try and change a game in its head it just doesn't work and we saw that at the weekend um, and no that was Maddie Cash for me Paddy what did you think of Maddie Cash in that instance well look. I, th- I think the credit has to be given here to, to Unai Emery. And the reason mm. I give him such credit is having been a manager myself and known that <laughs> how pig-headed managers can be. The easiest thing in the world was to leave things the way they were. But not our manager. He put he put his hand up, made the two changes, and changed the game. And that's what I love about him. I love that he just has that in his... He, 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 that's in his makeup. Okay. There's no point in sitting on this till 60 minutes. Let's do it now. Take off the two players. Let's change things up. Mm-hmm. Let's see how we can we can affect the game a bit better in the second half. And boy, God, those those changes I thought were excellent. And it's just exactly what what we needed. And and that's where the credit needs to go. I, I don't I don't have much to say about Esri Kanza. I I don't like him at right back. I've I've said it many times. I I think. <laughs> Either a right, a right, uh, right of a two or a right of a three at the back. I think that's the only position we can play him, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. He has been one of the best players this season, one hundred percent, and he has improved so much under Unai Emery. So I'm definitely not uh, saying that he's he's not capable of doing it. I would just prefer him to play in the middle, either as at the right of a two or the right of a three. That's that's where I would prefer to see him play. Um, the the it was I think it was the wrong game maybe for Maddie Cash in the middle of the park maybe maybe that was next Sunday mm. to see how he gets on against Bournemouth I don't know it's 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 just I I, I thought it was a bit strange looking at the setup and I think he got it right when he changed things in fairness and Bournemouth are a bogey team we'll get onto those uh, later on in the week as well now Paddy there was a certain incident as well and something I suppose look we never like to see players going off injured. And uh, Rodrigo Bentancur was caught by uh, by Matty Cash. Look, it was an ill-time challenge. Um, he wasn't studs up. It wasn't anything like that. But I won't influence you uh, anymore in trying to describe it. <laughs> um, it was a, For me, it was a yellow card tackle all day long. Um, and Rodrigo Bentancur goes off injured. And today we find out he's going to be out for two and a half, two and a half months. Firstly, and just, I'm, I'm going to be very, very narrow in, in the response I want from you. Let's just talk about the tackle. Let's not stray into what the follow-up question is obviously going to be afterwards. <laughs> so, for me, the tackle was a trip. It was one of those where the players got away from you and you take one for the team. One of the commentators go, it's a great foul to give away. The unfortunate thing here is somebody has got injured. There is no way that that tackle was intentional to hurt him. I don't believe that. In a million light years do I believe he set out to hurt him. Do I believe Ben Mee set out to hurt uh, <laughs> Wesley uh, and he got away with that one? Go back and have a look at that one if you want to see how people get away. I, 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 I think that's a bit apples. That's, that's apples, for, uh, apples and oranges because this, this one was... You know, in the middle of the field, and it was. But anyway, yeah. go on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It was, a, it was a, for me. It was a trip. It was one of those that you take take one for the team, and I mean it in the in the nicest possible way. It was unfortunate. 
that he got injured. Absolutely unfortunate. I couldn't. I I actually felt this fella's gone off because he hasn't got the heart for the fight. And if he is out for two and a half months, that's awful for him. But mm. there was no intention there to hurt him. I don't. the the, the actual The actual uh, contact was up around the shin pad. He hurt his ankle. Maybe his ankle got caught in the in the turf. That's the only thing I can think of that that caused that accident. That that caused that uh, injury. But it, that that's just my opinion on it. It was one of those. It, it, this this kind of tackle happens in every game. It's just sometimes you just plant your foot and let the player fall over it. Sometimes you're clipping a fella's heels and he falls over his own ankles. That that's the kind of tackle this was set out to be, because he was cut out, and and that unfortunately has led to somebody getting an injury. There was definitely no intention. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, I, I either do I. Um, I, I don't think there was. Look, Benton Coe was running the show. I'm, I'm not going to sit here. Like, yeah. if there's any sports fans watching here, get in the comments. All right, because we wouldn't have have a debate with with, with with people a friendly debate. If it devolves any further, I'm going to fuck you out. But um, <laughs> simple as that. Because we're having a friendly friendly debate about it here. But I don't think there was any malice in it. I think it was a frustrated. Who was it there that said it was a frustrated Western? Said it's a it's a frustrated. Uh, uh, challenge. He got it wrong. The, the, he got he got he got the challenge all wrong. He came in from the side. As I say, it was a kick in the leg. It wasn't the studs up and stuff like that. Um, it was a frustrated challenge. It was as you said, Paddy. It was one of those ones that if the player gets up and isn't injured, it's called oh that was a frustrated challenge. He probably still gets a yellow. You know, he does still get a yellow card. You get I mean, yellow. Yellow card. The yellow card. Was a fair. Was a fair. Was it? Was it? Was a fair one. And it was late. Okay, it, it, it was late. The Newton, oh, I was going to go on with Newton's uh, theory of whatever it is with the equal reaction. Every reaction is an equal and opposite reaction. I I I, I can't remember back to my to my physics days. I don't think the reaction online to the tackle or the reaction in the media warrants what it's getting at the moment. I've hundred percent empathize with Rodrigo Bentancourt. I did it myself. I came back from a from an ACL injury and uh, I was running and I ripped my uh my uh my hamstring out for another two months i was I, I did it in training i fell into a divot ripped my hamstring and i'd say i was back five sessions five training sessions didn't even get back out in the field to play a game it's not nice and it really really hangs in the back of your head for ages and i'm only playing like bog ball like you know in the back in the back end of nowhere so when you're a professional footballer in your livelihood it ha- something like that happens to you I, I, I empathize, and we, we need to be clear about that. Nobody wants to see anybody get injured. We're not delighting in it or anything like that. And we're also not sticking up for Maddie Cash from the point of view that we said it was late. It was just, it was an ill-time challenge. No, I don't think anybody does. Any, like, he didn't deserve to get injured. Maddie Cash didn't, didn't go to injure. I fully believe that. I certainly don't think that. Like, the backlash that's been from it has been been pretty wild. And we're going to stay away from calling people fuckers or whatever like that in this, because I don't think it warrants it. I think what it warrants is more. Well, <laughs> I am anyway. I think it warrants highlight, highlighting the fact that we need like people. Like, there's there's a duty of care to things like with regards to this. Like there's some big accounts with some big following there, wishing death on Matty Cash, talking about the Holocaust in relation to potentially his his relations in Poland. That's very much out of order. That's way worse than any tackle that keeps a player over two and a half months. Way worse. Because that's premeditated. And, and that's I, I'm very uncomfortable with it, is what I say. I completely empathize with Spurs fans. They're on a shit run of form. They've lost 
six players mm-hmm. from their team through to suspension or whatever. And I know it started off as a bit of banter, and that's the thing, and that's what I'm getting at here. Started off as a bit of banter. Oh, when Romero comes back, we'll see who's the king. Then it was, when Romero comes back, he's not going to forget this. When Romero comes back, he's going to snap Matty Cash in half. Oh, Matty Cash is going to wake up dead, and, uh, and I'm not going to say anything to the authorities. Matty Cash is, you know, all this stuff. Wild. Absolutely wild. Wild stuff. And I think I think it needs to be called out because I think it needs to be called out because it's 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 real harsh shit. And then when you see talk sport celebrity uh, presenters and stuff like that echoing this again, we've just come out of something here in Ireland, which is absolutely tragic and horrible and disgusting last last week. Absolutely horrible. Every aspect of it from the incident that that supposedly sparked it to the aftermath. Now we see this shit on, and I'm not saying that something like that's going to happen, but it's mob mentality and it's not right. It's not yeah. right. And, and and nothing will happen, Maddie Cash. If Maddie Cash gets touched, Ma- wait, number one, Maddie Cash might even be all right back when it come when we come to play him in March. But second of all, if Romero comes within five yards of Maddie Cash, a referee's gonna be gonna have his hand in his back pocket for the yellow card. Like they'll be waiting on it. It's yeah. it, they will be but it's it's just it's it's it couldn't be more anti sport what went on tonight. And call me old, I don't give a shit. Like my morals come above everything else, and from a moralistic point of view, I just i I can't get my head around it. I really can't. I would never turn around and mention anything to do to a Polish player about what some of those guys did. Anyway, that's my rant in it, Paddy. I'm it's gonna like, let you go. We, we, we're now looking at normally calm measures, and that's why I've decided I'm not gonna rise to any of it on Twitter or whatever, because normally calm measured people. Don't comment on things like that. I, like I've seen people who I know very well put stuff online and go, I'm just like, what? Who is this person that's typing this? Because it's not acceptable behavior. You know, like you have to put the shoe on the other foot and look at some of the tackles that Romero has put in and go, I'm sorry, but you're talking absolute bollocks. And you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth when someone fucking trips someone up and, and want them dead. You know, it's absolutely unbelievable i just can't can't get my head around it that you, that you would be talking in those those terms following a football match like and don't get me wrong there was guys that said similar not, not as bad but similar things about ben me after his challenge yeah. three years ago and, I, I, and, I don't know that and i called that I, out too. i would have, i would have called that out too you know and I, and i did to somebody who's regularly in the comments here i told them at the time i think you should delete that tweet and he deleted it and he apologized to me the next time you see him and said I was dead right for saying it. And look, if somebody, if, if your friend is putting that, and I, I did to a sports fan today, I screenshot his, his tweet and I sent it to him and I went, is this really what you want to be engaging in? You know, yeah. like, this fellow works in law enforcement, like, and he's putting this on Twitter, you know, and sure enough, I went back in, the tweet was gone a few minutes later. He never, he never replied to my message and that's fine. So look, I've just seen a different side of 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 sports fans this week. We always knew that they were a bit uh, on edge, but I never I never thought I'd see anything like that today. In in the, what I've seen in the last two days, it's just mind boggling. I was probably too drunk on Sunday to notice, but when when I got up yesterday and started to see some of the stuff that was coming in, I was like, oh my god! And just... hmm. anyway, it's it's probably not for us to. No, it's not. It, it's not. But at the same time. If like like and 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 I suppose, look, I'm well and truly on the high horse now, anyway, as it is. But, um, like sometimes we sit here and we have a good spitting match about a ref, 
or about a player, we might say, geez, he's a bollocks, or he's, he's incompetent, he's not good at his job. It's a hell of a lot of a difference. I have, and I have no problem with someone saying, Matty Cash is a useless right back. I hate him as a right back. He's disgusting. He's, he's useless at, the, at, 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 at his position, or he's a proper prick or whatever. I have no problem. You can call Matty Cash whatever name you want. But like the wishing of the saying, oh, I want him to be purposely injured. I want him to be dead. Like people, like it's it's bonkers. It's bonkers is all I'd say. It's bonkers. And it's, uh, I can't get my head around it anyway. And if anyone sees anything that I've tweeted for that, please let me know. If I've been drunk or anything like that, I will delete it straight away because <laughs> it ain't my person. It ain't my, it ain't, it, it ain't what I actually believe. Um, I couldn't care less how bad of a person you are. Yeah. It should still be allowed. Breathe God's green, God's air and, uh, and atone for any mistakes that you make. You know, that's just the way it is for me. Um, until I probably get older and a bit more crankier. Then I probably might change my mind. Um, or until anyone, t- if anyone goes near my kids, you'll see the difference. <laughs> that could be, be a different side of me. <laughs> true, but anyway, true. we've, we've, um, we've gotten, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've gotten into the weeds in that one, but I think it was worth, it was worth talking about. And, and we're, yeah. look, we're, we're not trying to play uh, anything here other than just kind of saying, listen, you know, if any Villa, if any Villa fans, are at it if any if any Spurs fans are at it like you know just have a think about it like you know it's it's a bit mad some of the things it's a bit wild uh, mm. what what happens in social media I, know, I, I just don't stuff. know what this is all born out of like like I can I can see Arsenal fans nearly replicating what Arsenal fan TV does and and it just it's water off a duck's back to me but to see Spurs fans doing this like. I just don't get it. I just, I just don't get where the, where the anger is coming from. It was, mm. it was a, it was a, it, it wasn't a nut and tackle. It was a yellow card. It was a trip. It was taken one for the team. It's unfortunate. It was, that, it was it's a hard tackle. God knows, I've had so many injuries in my own life. I, I know what it feels like to be in that position, but to, to react in that way is just off the scale. I just can't get my head around it. Yeah. And look, I fully expect to get comments in here when afterwards. And and like what I will will finish on here as well. And if anybody's still watching it and you are a Spurs fan, I still hope you go out and batter Man City. I really do. I like the football you play. I've got no ill animosity or anything like that towards the football club or whatever. I yeah. hope you go out and bat and the whole league is behind you. Go out and beat Man City at the weekend. Make a league of this. It's the most exciting league. This league season, first 13 games, I think, that we've had probably in a good 25 years of, of the Premier League. And you guys have contributed to it so much and you will continue to contribute to it because you've got a fantastic manager, you've got fantastic players and a lot of them are going to be coming back really, really soon. Go out and, mm. give, go out and beat Man City. If you can do anything, go out and beat Man City. And like, I'll be, I'll, like, I'll be cheering for Spurs uh, at, at the weekend against Man City. And I don't hate Man City. I just want a really good Premier League. That's what I want. And the more games City lose earlier, the longer the Premier League gets, gets elongated. I still think they're going to win it. But it's bloody fun at the moment because we're up there at the top as well. So we're up there near the top as well. So go on out and do the business the weekend, um, uh, Spurs. And uh, more than capable of doing it. If, if San can say inside, he'll get a hat-trick at the weekend. There's my prediction. And that's not being facetious. That's not a dig. Um, he's good enough to do it. I know, because we were right. very lucky. We were very, very lucky. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think we were very lucky as well. Um, right, lads. I think we're going to finish up on that because, as I say, once I get on my high horse, I can, it's it's difficult for me to get down at times. Um, and we're after 10 o'clock at night. But thanks so much, everybody, for joining us. 
we will be back in some way, shape, or form tomorrow for a preview uh, of the Lego Warsaw game. As I said, Paddy, are you traveling tomorrow or are you traveling over on Thursday? I'm traveling Thursday, but I'm going to be under a bit of pressure because I have to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning to go for my flight. So <laughs> I won't be here half, half 9 tomorrow. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, that's what I was saying. Some way, shape, or form. Might even be pre-recorded our, our Lego Warsaw um, uh, preview as well uh, for t- for tomorrow. But I will be back with a team sheet tantrum for that game as well also and the post-match reaction. And then Hot in the Hills of that, we'll be talking about Bournemouth, which is a game I'm really looking forward to because we owe Bournemouth. We owe Bournemouth for like three yeah. or four bad beats that we've had against them. So let's go and 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 look at look forward to that game as well. So two big games coming up again this week. Um and we will be with you for all of them. But thanks a million, everybody, for watching and thanks a million for indulging us as we went on our our little uh, soliloquies today. And uh yeah, as I say, uh, football's a game, it's a beautiful game, it's a wonderful game. We all watch it and we all enjoy it. But at the end of the day, it's a game. And uh and that's it. Uh, so, Aston Villa 2, Spurs 1. Aston Villa in 4th place. Let's all smile and let's take that one to the bank. And we will be back again tomorrow with with uh, with some sort of a preview for Lego Warsaw. So in the meantime, everybody stay safe, stay healthy and all that's left to say is up the Villa. Up the Villa. Podcast Network.